We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me will be TJ Inman. And we're back after a two-week hiatus. I uh, went off and got married. So it's been a really hectic two weeks. And then throw on top of that all the IU football news that has come out over that time and the start of spring practice. And it's been a wild uh, two weeks uh, that included a road trip to Colorado and back. All right, so before we start our show, we have a word from our new sponsors over at Simply Safe with home security. There's two ways you could go about protecting your home. There's the tr- traditional way where you wait weeks for a technician to do a messy installation that costs a small fortune, or there's the other way, Simply Safe. Simply Safe is everything you need in a home security system. It's award-winning protection, two-time winner of the CNET Editor's Choice Awards. Simply Safe blankets your whole home in safety. You get comprehensive uh, protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry motion and glass break sensor, sensors guard inside. You barely notice it's there, but what's truly remarkable is you could set up this system all by yourself. Anyone can do it. It takes 30 minutes to an hour tops, and there's absolutely no trade-off to your safety. You'll have an army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch police to your home at a moment's notice, 24-7, and it's only 50 cents a day with no contract. It's why The Verge calls Simply Safe the best home security system. Go to simplysafe.com slash team today, and you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. So go now and be sure you go to simplysafe.com slash team. That's simplysafe.com slash team. All right, we're getting ready to bring TJ Inman uh, in on the show. So uh, to talk a little bit about all the IU news uh, this week and then spring practice. Uh, So about and a lot to fit into a half-hour show. Anyway, let's start with some of the news. Uh, Indiana, over the last two weeks, has lost strength and conditioning coaches David Blue and Dr. Matt Ray. They bring in Kevin Wellman, who has been with the New York football Giants for the past four seasons. Uh, TJ, how has the last two weeks been in terms of Indiana football? Bit of a roller coaster, yeah. Um, I, you know, losing Dave Ballou and Dr. Ray, um, I don't think that we can sugarcoat or kind of 
overstate how big of a blow that felt at the at the time that we found that out. Um, you know, we initially found out that Alabama uh, was was interested, and uh, you know, sniffing around, if you will, and um, it's like, well, crap. I mean, if if they call, you gotta you know you gotta take that seriously, and um, when it was announced that uh, Dave Blue was was taking that position, and you know, kind of slowly found out over the next day or two that you know the rest of the staff was going with them for the most part. Um, that was concerning to say the least because we know how big of a change we've seen uh, on the field in terms of the success that the program has had and um, the gains that they've made in that strength and conditioning. Uh, and then we've also seen, you know, pretty much to a man, every recruit says, you know, how big of a deal it was to, to get talked to by Dr. Or to, by Dave Ballou and Dr. Ray, uh, their plans for them. It was just a big asset for the program. Uh, so it was a big blow. We found out that uh, Dave Blue was going, and then shortly after that, you know, Samson James announces he's transferring, and it uh, you add in the, the Peyton Hendershot news and uh, Mark Hagan leaving for Texas. You know, all things that you could easily connect the dots on and say, oh, yeah, that makes sense, that makes sense. But, you know, for a little bit of time, it really felt like, uh, you know, there was a, just an avalanche of bad news and that the program was – without playing a game, was falling apart. Um, however, uh, over, you know, pretty quickly, um, Samson James announces, you know, he's going to stay with Indiana. He's coming back. Uh, we'll stay with the program. And then, um, you know, we find out that uh, here that they've got a new strength and conditioning guy coming in that, look, it's impossible for me to sit here and say, oh, great hire, great hire. I don't know anything about strength and conditioning coaches or who's good at it and who's not. All we can do, I think, is look at the resume uh, and the decision makers that, that have been entrusted to, you know, with these programs, guys from, you know, as as low or as early on as Ball State, um, to San Diego State, to the Michigan, to – you know, Notre Dame is an assistant to the to the New York Giants. You know this guy has been entrusted to uh, to run their strength and conditioning programs. So to me, all you can do is look at resume and say, well, has he been coveted? Has he continued to get really good jobs? And the answer is yes. And if if he didn't know what he was doing, that wouldn't be the case. You add in the fact that he's got ties to the university. Uh, and that it clearly means something to him to be at Indiana University. Uh, and I think just on paper, which is all we can judge it on, uh, this looks like a tremendous hit for Tom Allen. Yeah, and, and you know, with David Ballou leaving, and then you had uh, Sam James in and out of the transfer portal. Ronnie Walker went to transfer portal, too, uh, a couple weeks ago. It, it did it did look like you know the wheels were falling off falling off a little bit, but I think Tom Allen has really uh, earned the benefit of the doubt. We've said it before, TJ, uh, when he's when it comes to hiring people. Uh, Kevin Peoples, 
is going to be officially announced here uh, shortly, or he has been officially announced. Um, yeah. It's uh, Aaron Wellman will be officially announced shortly. Uh, Kevin Peoples is uh, a really good defensive line coach. Uh, he was with Tulane, made, you know, Tulane football doesn't really excite any uh, many people, but he had Tulane's defense really uh, playing well. He had some NFL, pro- got some NFL prospects out of those guys. Uh, so he has the ability to uh, make the most of what he has. And I think at IU, uh, where you have a mishmash of defensive linemen and have to, you know, make the best of what what you have, uh, he he's going to do a, a tremendous job. And I've been with with Aaron Wellman. Uh, he's been with the Giants for four years. It, you know, it, it, it on paper it looks like a really good hire. He has the same, you know, the same injury prevention, uh, not techniques, but injury prevention goal as, as Baloo and Dr. Ray. And we'll see where it goes. You know, he's an IU guy. He's from Indiana. He graduated from Indiana. He started his coaching career at Indiana. And he left an NFL job to come to Indiana. So, clearly, he wants to be at Indiana. That's, you know, the more I think about it, uh, the more in my mind is, you know, you want people who want to be at IU. And if – they don't want to be at IU. It's not going to help the program, uh, e- even as a player or or as a coach. And I think Tom Allen is doing the best job he can to find people and players who who want to be uh, part of the Indiana football program. So uh, good on him. But let's transition from news, TJ, uh, to spring practice, uh, which I was down at yesterday. It was a gorgeous day uh, for for football. Uh, in Bloomington yesterday, it, I think it was almost 65, maybe 70 degrees yesterday down in Bloomington. Sun splash day, absolutely gorgeous. Uh, we talked about the offensive side of the ball. Let's look at the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you have Kane Womack is back as defensive coordinator. You have a little bit of a shakeup on staff uh, with Mark Hagan going to Texas. Kevin Peoples coming in with the defensive line. Um, you had William Inge leave as special teams coordinator. They're moving KCT Garden to special teams coordinator. He's still coaching the Huskies. Uh, and, and then you bring in um, uh, uh, Coach Jones to coach the the safeties uh, there as well. And a little bit of a, a little bit of a reshuffling of the coaching staff on defense, but. I'll tell you what, TJ, the defense is, is uh, you, you can't really tell how good they look without, uh, you know, pads on and tackling. But after listening to, to Kane Womack talk yesterday, it's they're a year older. The bowl practices really, really help. You could see them communicating, being more confident in that defense. Uh, you've seen some position – we've seen some position changes. Uh, on defense as well, most notably Brian Fitzgerald and Jamar Johnson, uh, which you'll talk about in, in a minute here, TJ. But it, it looks like now that they've got the pieces together, uh, they're starting to – or the pieces all around them, they're starting to place them together. So it's uh, it's good to see. 
and, and you've got some some young defensive guys in like Ty Wise and DeMar J. Lewis who were DeMar J. Lewis more than Ty Wise uh, because the Indiana linebackers I think are pretty pretty darn good. Uh, but the Marjorie yeah. Lewis along the defensive line is going to get a significant amount of playing time uh, along there, and he's in and he's making plays. And one thing that stuck out for me from from talking with Coach Womack yesterday was that, you know, he said the Marjorie doesn't know the playbook. We, he, it's impossible for him to know the playbook. And really he doesn't know what he's doing, but he's out there making plays, and that's what they're encouraging him to go out there. Just – go out and make plays and we'll figure out the rest. And it's not a, yep. a hit on DeMarjorie Lewis's intelligence or anything like that. The, the guy should be finishing up his high school, um, his senior year in high school, and he's out here making plays on on defense and and he'll catch up uh, to what that defense is doing on paper, but as long as he's out there making plays, that's what they want to see. So let's let's go in position changes, TJ. What interests you really about these position changes? Uh, it's impossible for us to know how it's going to work, but at the outset of it, I, I like all of them. Um, I think that it really opens up some different options for you. One, uh, you know, we discussed this after the season, but you know, Brian Fitzgerald did not have quite the season you were hoping for, and I'm sure that he was hoping for, um, looked just a little bit out of place at safety, to be honest. I think moving him to Husky makes a ton of sense. Uh, with with the way he's not quite as big as Marcelino Ball, uh, but with the majority of offenses that you face, that's, you know, you're not necessarily looking for uh, kind of the, the thumper that you have in Marcelino Ball which Ball, I think, is much closer to a linebacker than he is to a safety, whereas I think Fitzgerald skews a little bit more towards a safety uh, than a linebacker. So I think he gives you a, a better uh, better coverage out of the Husky position. Then Jamar Johnson, I think he showed the ability to make plays on the ball uh, and putting him at safety, um, I think, is going to allow for Jamar Johnson to, uh, one, I think it's going to start, at safety and two uh, I think that it 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 puts him and Fitzgerald I think in a position that they can play to their strength a little bit more and I think it helps Marcelino Ball as well Uh, you know he is going to be best in my opinion um, not being asked to to defend the pass I don't think that at this point in his career I don't think we're going to see him develop into a, a good a uh, good pass coverage defender. Um, he gets lost quite a bit, gets beat quite a bit, and you're tempted to play him against like a, an athletic tight end because of his size. Uh, it just it typically doesn't work. And um, I, I do think where he can be a big asset is putting him, you know, near the line of scrimmage and maybe in uh, specific pass rush situations or. Uh, in specific run situations where you, know, you want him to be near the line of scrimmage to, to contribute in the, the run defense. Um, so I think it helps those guys. Josh Sanganetti moving to defensive back. Uh, he has the, the physical makeup of a really good corner. Um, he's got the length that you look for. Uh, I think that that's a really good fit for him. And then you see Raheem Lane 
Um, switching from corner, I don't think Raheem was going to play much at corner, so maybe it's an opportunity for him to, you know, surprise some people and, and have a nice impact um, at safety as a senior. But um, I like all of those all those position switches on paper. We'll see how they play out. I would be very surprised, very surprised, if it does not go positively for both Fitzgerald and Jamar Johnson. Yeah, and then Josh Sanguinetti as well has moved from safety to corner. Uh, Coach Womack was praising his uh, his instincts and ability and feel for the game. He's just not big enough to, to play safety, but he does have the size to play uh, corner in the Big Ten right now, and they need another body yeah. uh, there Good as well length. behind Reese Taylor. Great length. And they, they want to get his talents on the field as quickly as possible as well. And then, you know, Jamar Johnson was probably, outside of Tywin Mullen, was probably their best defensive back at the end of last year. He had the big interception at Purdue. He had the pick six in the bowl game. Yep. Uh, and, and you want his ball skills on the field as well. So it seems to me that now that they have, you know, it's, it's like dumping a puzzle on, uh, onto a table. You have all the pieces upright you can see what you have and now it's time to start separating separating them and putting them together in the best way possible uh to to uh change this defense linebackers uh tj it, the indiana is pretty solid at the, at the linebacker position they have yeah uh, micah McFad and cam jones uh, are probably going to be the starters thomas allen's rehabbing an injury you have uh, you know, Aaron Casey had had a good year on special teams as well. He looks ready to go. You have Cam, um, Cam Williams as well as coming in um, after redshirt year. There's a lot of talent uh, over at the the linebacker position. Uh, what are one or two things that stick out at linebacker for you? Well, I think we know Cam Jones when healthy, which he was not, uh, for a, unfortunately, for a, a chunk of last season, and I think it really showed up uh, on Indiana's defense. We know that when he's healthy, he's a playmaker. Uh, he's a guy you need to have on the field. So um, really excited about what he can do. I think James Miller and Cam Williams are two guys that, um, you know, athletically provide a major boost to the defense. Uh, I'm interested to see, you know, can James Miller put it together uh, and can Cam Williams find himself, you know, playing time, get on the field. I think those two guys are kind of high ceiling players that um, Indiana doesn't have to have major contributions from. They have depth at that position, but if they can get them, you know, if those guys can step up and, uh, become the players that you kind of, you know, reach near their ceiling. Uh, and I think it's a huge boost for Indiana's defense. Like I said, a position of, of good depth, but if those two guys, one of them, can be a hit, if you will, uh, I, I think that you're looking at a another level up for this defense. Yeah, and you need, you'd like Thomas Allen to come back just for depth purposes. Um, but he, he'll. Yeah, I, I would really like them to see see move him to defense end. He is really good straight, <laughs> yeah. you know, straight ahead speed and, and good, um, and good instincts and can tackle. Uh, 
it looks like those the shoulder injuries. Hopefully, surgery cre- corrects that and makes that better. Uh, but you know, for a team that is so desperate for a pass rush, uh, it, it would be mm-hmm. interesting to see if if, if they move there. Uh, defensive line. Let's transition to that a little bit, TJ. It, it's a spot where you lose Allen Stallings. Uh, you, you lose some other guys as well. Uh, but you bring back Jerome Johnson in the middle. CO is back in the middle. Um, you have Demarjay Lewis coming in as a freshman. Uh, and then you have Michael Ziemba and, and a couple other DNs who, who could play pretty well. Um, where do they get this pass rush from? Are they going to have to be deep enough? And, you know, can they get after the quarterback well enough to take this defense to the next level? And we'll probably not see that this spring just because it's no. spring practice. And, and this is more of a question for the fall. Uh, but where do they get the patch rush from? I think it's going to be a chief question heading into the season. Um, you know, I think you're going to have a, a few that are going to be uh, consistent themes, which, you know, if, if Peyton Hendershot um, does not return to the program or faces a lengthy suspension, I think the tight end and who steps up at that position to provide playmaking will be a question. Uh, I think the depth at running back could potentially be a question. Um, I do think that the the play of David Ellis will prove to be somewhat of a salve for that wound. Um, and then I think that you will have the, the pass rush um, be a major recurring one. And uh, I don't know what the answer to that is going to be. Um, I think Indiana would love to add, um, you know, another defensive lineman like a Jovan Swan to help with that. Um, I, I do think that DeMarge Lewis uh, provides a different kind of pass rush because he has the ability to get pressure from the interior of the line. Uh, I think that that could be a, you know, a difference maker for Indiana. Uh, just in terms of pure pass rush, though, uh, it's it's kind of scary because I don't know if they've got that that one guy on the roster that you just always have to account for. Um, I want to say that that can be James Head, but I think that that's taken a pretty big leap of faith to, to say that. Yeah, and I thought the defensive line played very well against Tennessee, and, and you, you get into sure. that, well, you bottle that up and, and take that effort and, and go make plays at the start of next year. Uh, but we'll see. Guys got to stay healthy. And, you know, it's still a pretty young uh, position group. Uh, You have C.J. Persons missing spring practice, uh, getting back from an injury and things like that. There are guys, you know, you wish you had out there who could get the spring practice reps and um, improve and and all that stuff. And we'll see what Kevin Peoples does, too. Uh, What his, you know, what his bag bag of tricks has and if he has – any uh, any new moves for uh, for these guys? Coach Hagen was a tremendous uh, defensive line coach and and always got great effort from his guys. But maybe uh, Kevin Peoples could find a you know a, some, some secret sauce to just a little bit more out of the guys and and maybe you know hit, flip that switch that some of these guys need to to flip in, in terms of production on the field to 
to take this defense um, up another notch. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, before we get going, go ahead. Real quick on the line, I would say that I, I, even if they don't, you know, find that that one breakout star uh, to provide a pass rush or uh, find a couple of guys that raise their game another level, um, I, I don't like. I don't want to misconstrue this. I think that the this defensive line is going to be pretty good. Um, I think at the very least they're going to be adequate. The question is, can they be difference makers? That's the question. Yeah. Uh, yeah, basically, the, you know, the one or two guys that you have the game plan for, which IU right. hasn't had probably since, you know, Jamie Carlo uh, and right. guys like that, if, if, if you're looking for an absolute game changer along the defensive line. But let, let's switch to special teams real quickly. Um, new special teams coordinators, Casey Teagarden. Uh, he'll be taking over for um, for uh, William Inge, who left to become the defense coordinator over at Fresno State. Special teams, TJ, I, I could have a whole separate podcast on this, but in, in, uh, to keep it simple and, and everything together, uh, special teams, it's going to be huge this year. It's it's especially at a school like Indiana, you have to you have to be good on special teams. It's mm-hmm. you can't be average, you can't be bad. It has to be a difference making phase of the game. And and you hear coaches after every single press conference or at the beginning of the season, special teams is a third of our, you know, a third of our, uh, a third of our our team. It's a, a third of the game. And in a lot of times not and it's just you know they're they're blowing hot air out of their mouth and things like that but just if you take the bowl game as a microcosm of the season and you saw IU you had a a negative 10 yard punt return from uh from from WAP you had a missed extra point and a missed field goal from Logan Justice who struggled against Purdue there not, now you're bringing in uh, Charles Campbell to take over for Justice, and, and Campbell made a tremendous kick against Purdue, uh, but we'll see what he could do on the full-time on the full-time gig. Uh, your your kick return turner David Ellis showed bursts uh, of what he could do, but Indiana hasn't returned a kickoff or a touchdown since 2012. There's a lot of work to be done, and Hayden Whitehead is as good as they come in. in in punting, and yesterday he was booming punts. He had he must have had six or seven punts over 50 yards, and, and not like 51 or 52, but in the high 50s, nearly 60 yards. And they weren't really the. It's when he wants to boom them, he can boom them. And you know, I'd like to see them get away a little bit from that rugby style kick, uh, just to keep people off off balance a little bit. But it, it's. You know, it, it's so frustrating to see the special teams that was supposed to be, a, you know, kind of a strength to the team. They they made it a priority a couple years ago, uh, but to see to see it falter and, and cost them games, and you, you go through games since Allen had been coach, and, and you, you look at the Penn State game there where Saquon Barkley took the opening kickoff back, and you fumble a punt, and, and it's twenty-eight nothing before anybody blinks. Uh, you also look at the, at the win at at Virginia, where they 
decidedly won the special teams battle and blew Virginia off the field after after a slow start and, and things like that. And it, and it keeps you in some of these, these games where you're kind of outmatched on, on offense and defense. But they they got to get it figured out on, on special teams. And, and I think I think it's happening. I, I think that they're now realizing that, hey, we've got to take this seriously because guess what? It, it's costing us the matchup games like Maryland uh, in 2017 where IU just dominated every part of the game except for special teams. Um yeah, blocked pawn, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, big, big return. It's going to cost them a matchup game, which in 2017 cost them a bowl game, and it might cost you an upset win here or there uh, as well. So, you know, I, I think they're finally taking it seriously uh, in terms of hey, this can a- impact the game. And now you have some older, your team's a little bit older. They realize hey, special teams could be a way I can make it to the next level. Uh, or get on the field and make an impact, and it, it's it's one of those things where you, you're you've got some you've got the talent to where you're not playing all walk-ons on special teams, so that they shouldn't be mediocre. And special teams they'll, they'll get there. And I like the pieces they have at Whitehead and and Campbell, and you still got smaller and. Um, and Schneider back there uh, on kickoffs, and uh, who both did smaller, did a better job, but they both did an a- adequate job there. You have Sean Ratcher, who's a freshman last year at long snapper. I-, I think you have to move Reese Taylor to punt returner, uh, even though uh, you know, Wop was back there last year and he's a dynamic player, but I think Reese Taylor's a little bit more under control in the moment uh, and won't do some of the things that WAP did. And David Ellis, a kick returner, um, you know, it, it looked for a week there that he was going to be your your backup running back or your third-string running back. Well, now that Chancey James is back, you, you still got to find ways to get him the ball and kick return is one of them. Uh, so you have a dynamic kick returner. He looked like he could could have broken one at least early in the year on, on there. And, and then just – got to be prepared. The onside kick, they, they just weren't prepared. It was a guy was out of position. It was not an onside kick. It wasn't an obvious onside kick coming. It was they saw the hole, and they kicked it there. It, it wasn't like, hey, we're going to onside kick it, like, no matter what. It was, you know, when Kevin Wilson was coach, his onside kicks were, it was almost like a read option hey, if this guy lines up here, we're going to onside kick it. If they start going back, we're going to onside kick it, stuff like that. And it was simply a guy was out of position. And IU probably should have called timeout. Uh, but that didn't happen. And, and, you know, those are the little things that will cost you games. If they kick it deep, IU probably win. If they still try an onside kick and IU recovers, probably win the bowl game. Uh, so it's special teams, and this is, that's my rant on special teams. It, it's got to get better. It, it there's too much talent on on that third of the the game to where you're missing big field goals or messing up on kick returns late in games or you know having punts blocked or shanking punts uh, or things like that. Indiana should have a at least in the Big Ten a top five special teams unit at, at the minimum a top five uh, and. 
if they could do that, they'll be fine the rest of the year. Uh, they'll win some games they're not supposed to win. They'll win the games, uh, the matchup games that they need to win, uh, and they'll blow out the teams that they need to blow out because that's what happens when you play well on special teams. You don't give those teams who you're clearly better on offensive defense a, a chance to, to hurt you in the return game or get some cheap points uh, and things like that. So I know you've got to run, TJ. Any final thoughts on special teams uh, or spring practice? No, I think you summed that up. It's got to stop costing Indiana games. They need to turn it into a strength. Uh, you're right, the personnel is in place to do that, and it'll be interesting to see what uh, Casey Teagarden is able to, to get accomplished in that. It's not only going to be on Teagarden. Um, it's going to be on the entire coaching staff and, and the, the players to make that an emphasis to, to make a difference for the positive in games because uh, the personnel is there to do that for sure. Yeah, it, it's it, there's too much talent on this team just to to be mediocre and not not have a, a game changing uh, you know special teams unit that that will make or break your season or take you from six and six to eight or nine wins uh, or something like that. So, uh, but spring practice, we're back down there to, tomorrow. Uh, they, they're putting the pads back on, and then spring break's coming back up. But yeah, football's sort of back, uh, and it's the, the weather's warming up and getting better. And before you know it, it'll be Labor Day weekend, and Indiana will be heading up to uh, Wisconsin for the season opener. TJ, thanks for, for hopping on with, uh, with me, talking some football, and uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for listening. All right, that was TJ Inman uh, joining me as as co-host. TJ always does a phenomenal job. I know we're excited that football is kind of back. Um, but for all your Indiana football news, come back to HoosierHuddle.com. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Like our Facebook page. Give us a review on Facebook as well. Uh, also, some podcast news. We are on Spotify. Uh, so if you're a Spotify user, just search um, just search Who's Your Huddle Podcast and it'll be up there. Uh, thank you for listening. Come back early and often as we will take you through all of spring practice up through the spring game on April 17th at 7 p.m. That's a Friday night at Memorial Stadium. I know there have been some complaints about it being on a Friday night, but remember, Indiana opens the season on a Friday night at Wisconsin. And this is kind of a dress rehearsal preseason game uh, to get all those, you know, pregame routines and and kinks out and and things like that. Uh, So keep coming back, uh, ask any questions you'd like, and we'll be back next week uh, with a spring practice update. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to the Hoosier Idol podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. That was TJ Inman. Have a great Monday evening. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 